Is something funny? <laughs> yes, them pigs had demons in them. Do your pigs have demons in them? Because, no, that's not my sermon today, I promise. Well, as you have figured out, uh, we're looking at one of the strangest verses, although there's a lot of strange verses. And I would suggest if you take the Bible literally, you'd probably be better off if you never saw it. Right? We're looking at a parable today. I believe, and um, I I think this is one of those places where if it were true, uh, I would probably be Baha'i or something uh, by now. It's um, These are just kind of, when you take them literally, some of these passages of Scripture are just horrific. Um, St. Augustine was talking about this passage and said it showed that animals have no part of salvation. So I see that as anti-pig bias. Piggist, a piggist person. Um, I think what's happening a lot of times, and I'm sorry about the popping. uh, What's happening a lot of times is that in the New Testament, there are a lot of political parables that the church doesn't want to hear. They have a political message, but... Uh, by the Middle Ages, the church had sold out completely to empire. And so this critique of empire, they didn't want to see it. They didn't want to hear it. Um, And I'm hoping that as we walk through this, it will be clearer um, that that this is a political parable and it's something that is speaking also to our day uh, as well. But I realize I have to convince you of that. So, uh, can I see Exhibit A? Yes. Do you find that a little problematic? And in the full picture, there's like all kinds of pigs on the bottom there. Um, I don't know. That just doesn't seem loving to me for some for some kind of reason. Um, Could I see exhibit B, please? Anybody who's seen the movie Babe is going to have problems with this passage. I'm just saying this to assure you that no pigs were actually hurt in the construction of this parable. The pigs are symbolic. Uh, And one more exhibit before we go on. Please remember pigs can swim. Right? They can swim very well. And so if they did fall into the sea, it would have been just fine. Right? It's a parable in a culture that didn't really know pigs very well, probably. Um, Pigs were unclean in this culture. And so uh, the idea of uh, swine herds and this kind of thing were kind of scary. But it also revealed that they had been occupied. As an American, unless you're undocumented, unless you're persecuted by the religious right, unless you're poor, 
These parables don't speak to us. That's why the church doesn't want to hear them. Because in these parables, we are Rome. We are not the occupied people. So this is good news for the wretched of the earth. It's only good news for us if we live in solidarity with them. The poorest of the poor, the sickest of the sick, um, the people that empire throws away. The reason I think this is about empire, number one, could I see the next exhibit? We're, I'm going to run out of exhibits very quickly. This is the, the symbol of the legion that occupied the Palestinian area. The symbol of the Roman Empire was the boar, and the, the symbol of this group was the pigs. That may come into play here. Just maybe. Or maybe it's about demon pigs. I don't know. Uh, you can decide which of them is whack-a-mole crazy or not. Uh, and the next slide, please. These were, these were coins. So you had pigs uh, being thrust upon a group of people who thought that was unclean. Pictures of Caesar that declared him to be a god and people that found that very offensive. So the parables, the political parables, are um, they belong to the people that are oppressed. We can learn from them, but only if we will step out of our privilege, at least spiritually, psychologically, and become their friends and, and allies. This is a message of hope. Again, it's hope for the occupied people. And I believe what it's saying, I'll go ahead and do the punchline, or one of the punchlines, is that the pigs represent appetite. Uh, hunger, greed. It's not fear to pigs, I'll admit it. It's not fear to pigs. I'm not, if you have a pig, I'm not uh, agreeing with this view. But um, what it's saying is that when empires lose the principle that called them together. When Rome lost the idea of the Republic, the thing of the people in Latin. When the United States lost the idea that all people are, are created equal and that the purpose of government is to give life, liberty, pursuit, happiness for all persons. When we chose capitalism over that, when we chose nationalism over that, when we chose our right to be an imperial power in the world, we renounced not only Christianity, but also the formative principles of democracy. And so what this is saying is our appetites then will tear us apart because we don't have the principles, the virtues, the values that make a great nation possible. If you look at Rome, they fell apart because whatever nobility they once had, they decided that they wanted all the stuff the world had, and they would pay mercenaries to do their fighting for them. Bad idea. Because at some point, the mercenaries look and say, why are we working for these people? We got the weapons. We got the know-how. All they have is the stuff. Let's take the stuff. 
as the United States becomes more and more privatized, we might consider whether we're on that same trip over the cliff. The British Empire fell apart because they chose that the plutocrats, the rich people, took over whatever was dignified in the country. They wanted to make money off of Britain. So it's when, it, when the United States moved to oil as a fuel, the rich people in Britain said, let's not do that. Let's stick with coal. Let's have our vehicles be coal-driven. Well, they time-dated themselves. They went off the cliff into this almost certain destruction. When Putin in, invades uh, you know, this area, you feel there's something suicidal about that. Right? He's desperate, and he, he may very well win, but he's lost his nation. He's lost any kind of principle to which a civilized nation um, can exist. The United States uh, is less and less of a democracy and more and more of a plutocracy. We have dark money affecting everything that we do, and we don't know where it's coming from, right? So we don't know what countries are paying our politicians. Although when you watch the hearings this week, you kind of had a good idea that there's some like really bad problems going on here. So the gospel writers are going to use pigs as an allegory. Not fair to pigs. Um, you may remember the Beatles song on the White Album. Those of you that are old, old hippies. Have any young people listen to the White Album? There you go. By golly, you should listen to the White Album because that's classical, classical music. Um, have you seen the little piggies? Crawling in the dirt is the first little line. So that's the little piggies. Then the second line is, have you seen the bigger piggies in their starch white shirts? And then the refrain is, in their styes with all their backing, they don't care what goes on around. Uh, in their lives, there's something lacking. What they need a darn good whacking. And that's the Presbyterian version of the song. And then the refrain is that the harpsichord plays through it all, and you hear pig grunts in the background, as you may remember, then it goes in a kind of orchestra thing in sort of Monty Python-esque uh, kind of ho, 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 kind of thing. Still pigs in the background and an orchestra comes in. And it goes, everywhere there's lots of piggies living piggy lives. You can see them out to dinner with their piggy wives, clutching forks and knives to eat their bacon. So it's not true about pigs, but it's kind of true about plutocracy. I know people don't like to hear this, but capitalism means that you are basing your value system on property rights. It also means that people don't have property, they don't have rights. If you can't see that leading this nation over a cliff, you're in a trance. And that's what the demon, that's the role the demon is playing. Right? This Roman propaganda uh, is, is cast, is, it's, it's like a demonic possession. People do things they would never do individually. They're really good people. They're letting the poor suffer and starve to death, do without medical treatments because they've surrendered to a property rights system. It's insane 
It's tearing us apart. It's destroying the planet, but we can't get out of it. The parable is saying that you can. Right? Don't be overwhelmed by what's happening in the world. Step out of the trance yourself. So the role is played by, uh, in this story, it's one man. In Matthew, it's two, which again tells you it's a parable. Right? The details change depending on who's telling the story. Um, but the guy's living in graves. And if you're reading it in Greek, the word is more like memory. Memorials. They're living in the past. They're suffering from toxic nostalgia for a nation that never really was. Right? They're trying to get back to a time that never really was. And what this is saying is, if you want hope for the future, job one is to break the trance. Find your human heart. Refuse to be for sale. Refuse to climb the hierarchy of greatness um, in in this, this insane system. If you watched the hearings this week, you saw a lot of fear. White, male, rich guy fear. And you saw tantrums that were absolutely pathetic. Pathetic. And you saw a brilliant woman of color sitting there like a sphinx. Impervious to the slings and arrows. Because she came from principles, from greatness. And we can too. And when we do that, we put ourselves beyond this this trance that is killing us all. Christianity began, it was called the way. It was before the creeds, it was before the rituals, it was before the moralisms. It was stepping out of oppression of any other person and, and seeing sanely that humankind is your family. Nothing less than that. To not be fooled by the scars we call boundaries. Because it's a dying nation that cares more about what it used to be than what it could be. It's a dying nation that's concerned about protecting its boundaries when its its infrastructure is rotting from the inside out. I think it's good to have a foot in the political process. I think that's wonderful. But your heart needs to be coming from a greater place than that. Did you see that the United States is opening its heart to 100,000 white refugees? Which is great. I'm uh, I'm all for that. But what about the countless people of color who are languishing? What about Ilda and Yvonne? Multiply that by 50 million people wandering the earth because of these brutal empires. What happens then is when Jesus heals the man, he's, he's, um, he's in his right mind, it says. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, follow me. The man offers to follow him. It's not talking about becoming a Christian. 
It's talking about becoming fully human. Breaking the trance and becoming who we really are. Because right now, the people that run this country, or a lot of the country, the plutocrats, are terrified of the core principles of our nation, the core principles of democracy. If it's been a while since you've read the plaque on the Statue of Liberty, you might want to read this to our governor. (laughs) As Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, so do the wretched of the earth suffer under the governors of Texas and Arizona and Florida. This is it's called the New Colossus. It's saying America's going to be a different kind of place. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor, the twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your story pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. The wretched refuse of their teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. What happened to that America? If there's America we need to get back to, it's the founding principles. And they're not leading us into the past. They're leading us into the future. I wouldn't be surprised if the leadership of this, um, much of it, the plutocratic leadership of this state deports the Statue of Liberty. And she's talking about communism and she obviously hates America because she cares about refugees. The last point I want to get into is that the story is not to tell us how bad things are. You already knew that before you got dressed and drove here. This is saying where hope resides. To think we can get back to America that never was is insanity. It's suicide. This nation can only survive by opening to the future, by returning to international law. Did you know you live in a pirate nation that has renounced international law and the world courts? Great nations don't do that. So our story is calling us profoundly to our own humanity. And it's a message of hope, but to have that hope be real, you have to leave the trance. You have to leave the lies of the American dream to find the truth of this vision for America. In the story of Israel, it began with being thrown into the sea. You remember that? The Pharisee, I mean, the, uh, the um, uh, Pharaoh is hunting them. They come along the waters part. That didn't happen, I don't think. I think probably what happened is they found a swamp that they could cross and the escaping. Uh, former slaves, enslaved people, the, the refugees were able to cross that swamp and the armies with all of their might and weapons and, and, and armor, 
they drowned. That was the beginning story that God had thrown Egypt's army into the sea. I think Jesus is telling a parable to say to Israel, as a human being, you can swim. As an imperialist, you can't. As a capitalist, you can't. As a patriot, you can't. You can be all of those things, but you have to be more. Those have to be aspects of universal humanity or else they're poison, they're trance, they're death. The promised land that's being talked about is not a track of land. A lot of people didn't understand that. It's not Israel, it's not Britain, it's not the United States. The promised land is wherever justice reigns. And that can be in your heart. But you have to choose it and you have to leave the empire in your heart. You don't have to turn yourself into the authorities. Real warfare is fine because it's a war of love. But you can give your heart to love and to justice, but you have to give up exceptionalism. You have to give up property rights as your core foundation for ethics. Jesus came to say there is a way through this. Right before this story, he calms the storm. The boat crosses over. Christianity was originally called the way, the path. There is a way of dignity and joy and peace that you can live the rest of your life. We may be able to turn things around for this country. We may not be able to. But what made the Jewish people so impervious to disaster is they lived in the long story of all people. And this, this hope that's been in the human heart from the very beginning of a world where everyone can find food and clothing and health and safety and love. Our last slide. Not so bad, huh? Pigs are good. But not demon pigs. <laughs> what we have, I believe, is a political parable. And when the church took the politics of Jesus out, they gutted the hope that somebody like you can have living under captivity, under occupation. Because most of humankind has lived in these conditions. But people have lived in joy, they've lived in dignity, and they've made a difference. They took a torch from their ancestors and passed it on to, the, to their descendants. And that's what we are called to do. When you look at the plutocracy that we were falling into, perhaps we'll be able to turn the page on that. Perhaps we won't. But it doesn't matter in your heart. Because there's a way for you. There's a path for you. And the parable is saying, hold on. Empire will be torn apart by its own appetites. But not you, because you will step out of it. And it says, hold on. The people around you seem to be in a demonic trance, and you try to talk about sanity, and they can't hear it. That's okay. Hold on. Just step out of it yourself. Keep your human heart alive. 
Because the purpose of the parable is not to say things are bad. It's to say the best is yet to be. The church has always been a minority report. The true church. The true church has never sat at the table of kings and queens. Your calling is different as well. But the reason we call it good news is when you let love and justice reign in your heart, you will feel with your bones that you are on your way to the promised land. So this is my attempts to understand a very strange little story. Uh, we set aside a minute for you to decide how you would treat it. Thank you for your attention.